is the Entertainment Beyond Podcast with your host Jensen Dean Jackson and Alan Weinstein, bringing you all things relevant in pop culture and entertainment. We will be with you weekly, at least, talking about movies, politics, music, and all things in between. So check us out. See you next week. Same bad time, same bad station. How's it going? Good. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the first episode of the new year. As always, I'm one of your hosts, Jensen Jackson, joined by... Alan Weinstein, Mr. Entertainment Beyond. Mr. Entertainment Beyond is partially the reason why we did this episode of the new year, instead of... And I'm the other reason... Yeah, we both suck at making this actually happen as consistently as we want to happen. Unfortunately, uh, life always comes into play. Yeah, it sure does. Well, Alan, you want to take us away? Um, well, stuff has happened since the last time we were on this podcast, and I think there's several things we're going to talk about. I think the biggest or the the titular news or the titular review would be Matrix 4, if I'm not mistaken, or Matrix, uh, what's it called? Be a rest. I'm not even. Matrix 4, let's call it Matrix 4. Um, and then I have some other things that I've seen and watched, and I know that we were going to talk about um, the episodes of the newest season of Always Sunny in Philadelphia as well. So, would, would you, you want to begin with the Matrix or? We can just do a, a brief overview. Um, I thought it was okay. I enjoyed it. You know, it basically, uh, I was a little confused at first. It seems to pick up several, you know, 20 years later. Uh, and it appears that Thomas Anderson has created a, a game, <laughs> maybe, that's got three games. That's a trilogy of games. Based on the first three movies, I guess, but because confusing to me, I don't know, a little more understandable for you. But, um, it seemed to me that he was in back in the Matrix, he made uh, he's become the greatest game developer, I guess. I don't think think it's called the Matrix, but um, they refer to it as a trilogy. Um, and it seems to be based upon what he or that he, you know, was the game. I guess he doesn't realize that it had been unplugged before that comes later in the film. Um, So I was a little confused about that, but that's where... And then the Morpheus part, I was a little confused about as well. I guess we had uh, Bud's meeting Morpheus, but it's not Lawrence Fishburne. It's another actor. Um, yeah, uh, dual Mateen the second, and I'm not exactly sure what was going on there. I don't know if that's done deliberately. I don't know if that was done. Purpose. It was all part of the plan, according to the director. Okay, so again, I was confused with that. You know, when he announces he's Morpheus, I was a little confused with that. And then you know, it takes off, and he's basically got to go. He wants to go find Neo. Um, and uh, basically show them that what happened before wasn't a video game or wasn't a memory or wasn't a, a dream, I guess. Uh, he is who he is. And defeat the machines, I guess, need him to defeat Mr. Smith. I was a little confused. I thought it, you know, a lot of times with a lot of good science fiction stuff, you know, I think it starts with what seems to be a pretty decent idea and premise, but a lot of times the storytelling and the execution doesn't always come out as well as the original idea. And then it's hard as someone that writes, you know, and, and, and gets an idea and then tries to flesh it out. It's a difficult thing to do. And, and, and you know, the middle and the ending might not be as strong as the beginning. And, and I, you know, I always thought that this 
now um, series of movies, uh, you know, I thought they were really good science fiction in, in, in concept, the idea of being plugged into the Matrix and was great I, you know the I, it always devolves into a into a gun battle which seems a little kind of I don't know you know you're, you're able to control the matrix but you know the best you can do is guns I, I, so some of that stuff was always a little I thought was kind of lacked originality and kind of you know um, lacked a little in substance um, but I, you know this is I think that this is on par with the other Matrix movies, I didn't think it was any better or any worse. I hadn't seen three, so I watched three before I watched four. So, um, and I, you know, I don't know. I mean, I, I enjoyed it. What about you? Uh, this movie was was a kind of a mess, honestly. <laughs> You know, I enjoyed it, but I'm not blind to just how much of a hot mess it was. And, you know, um, I'm always doing behind the scenes shit. And this movie apparently came out of the grief of Lana Wachowski losing her mother and her father a month apart from each other. And, oh, awesome. Yeah, some of the themes in the movie, like Neo wanting to find Trinity and them being together and that uh, it tracks. You know, I can't, you know, I can't really knock the movie. If this is an expression of grief and dealing with grief, that's, you know, one of the, the healthiest, most complicated ways I've ever seen somebody deal with grief. Um, this movie also kind of <laughs> felt like, you know, when you're, when you're watching a TV show you like and they say, oh, on tonight's episode, it's brand new, but it's a clip show, you know? So you're getting something brand new, but you're not really because they're showing you shit that you've already seen from the past to remind you of how much you're supposed to allegedly. And that's what most of this movie felt like is, you know, a, a, a clip show. I mean, and, and hell, you know, they even rip off the the introduction of Trinity from the first Matrix with the character. It, uh, it's, yeah, it's kind of, kind of a mess of a movie. You know, but at the same time, I love it um, because of that's like I said, that's how the director dealt with her grief over the loss of her parents. I, you know, how can you not appreciate something like that? Sure. Yeah, uh, I mean, that, that definitely does change some of the perspective, I guess, you know. Um, but yes, I agree. It was kind of a hot mess and a little bit all over the place, especially storyline wise. It was a little hard to follow. And and I'm I'm still sticking to my guns. I still think that Keanu Reeves is a terrible actor. I still think he was terrible. <laughs> like some of the other people, some of the other people, movie I thought were okay, but he was you know just as deadpan as un and unemotion or you know emotionless and kind of vapid <laughs> as usual. I mean, just he's always. Theodore Logan, you know, he's always Ted. He's always, well, you know what I mean? For me, always. And he just, this is more of that. So, um, again, you know, it's okay. I mean, he's not terrible. No, I just, I'm not a Keanu Reeves fan, so. Uh, you know, it is what it is at this point, I think. <sighs> to the wheelhouse, which at this point is just John Wick. Just do some John Wick stuff you know i could go on so many other people who suck at acting that you like like i don't know <laughs> but we don't need to do that it's a new year why do old shit from the past uh, <laughs> i so they didn't ask lawrence fishburne to come back because they had planned that deal with um with the new morpheus but they did ask Weaving was like two seconds away from coming back to play Agent Smith and he couldn't because he had scheduling conflict which is why you got that lame dick nip uh, Agent Smith knockoff right uh, I you know I did like that they had the Merovingian come back I don't know if you remember that <laughs> scene where they're in the warehouse 
and the I guy did. who looked like super homeless. Decidedly homeless. Yeah. Now that that guy is from the the second and third movie, so I did like that they there was continuity in that. You know, just because they changed the programs, so to speak, that these programs never really fully went away. I like that. Um, I think I'm just going to give this, I'm going to give it, uh, uh, fuck, we're doing four puffs, right? Yeah, four puffs. I'm going to be more generous than most of the reviewers. I'm not going to be too generous because I don't want to lie to people. I'll give this, I'm going to give it two puffs because I, I, and I'm giving it two puffs. The behind the scenes uh, drama, so to speak, of how this movie came together. Yeah, I mean, I'll give it two puffs just because I think it's a decent film. I mean, I think it's on par with the other ones. I still think the original is is the best. um, And that one's probably, you know, a three puff or so. It's all right. I mean, I thought there was some good stuff, some stuff I liked, and there was some stuff I didn't like. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's middle. Yeah, it. Uh, like I said, that that kept drawing me back was any time they'd show something from the first, second, or third movie. I mean, I, I I get what they're trying to do, you know, being meta and self-referential and self-aware. But it's like, you know, if I went to the theaters and I paid money for that, I'd be a little irritated that half the movie, or at least a quarter of the movie, seemed to be the original trilogy being played right. for me. You know, it's like their one scene where they fucking have, like, some B OG Morpheus talking to younger Neo. And it's like, this is <laughs> kind of lazy. Brilliant, yeah. but lazy, as Dr. Octopus would say to Peter Parker. Yeah, I mean, Parker. I was kind of interested. I was, I was interested to see how they were going to do a fourth movie so much later, and what they were going to do, what Neo was going to be doing for the last twenty years, assuming that they actually used the real life timeline. And so I thought that it was kind of okay the way that they did that. But yeah, I mean, the B, I mean, that was all supposedly, I guess, game footage is how you're supposed to see that that B-roll from. You know the previous movies. I'm assuming that that it's supposed to be game footage, I guess, from the game he created. That's what I took from it. Um, oh, is that okay? Really well, that see, it was like, supposed to be. It was supposed to be game footage, but you, I mean, yeah, I didn't look at it that way. Right, but I think that's how you're supposed to take it. Like, you know, I think he he used those memories, I guess, or dreams, I guess, is what he's come to believe. Um, as you know, the vision for the video game, and so that's all that B roll stuff. It's all you know, the stuff you game like that when the guys are talking and all that shit. So, yeah, yeah I don't know. I mean, through those. I thought that it was okay as far as getting you know how we're going to get from point A to point B. I thought the idea of potentially you know him not realizing what had happened previously was real because he's been back in the Matrix for so long. Um, and, you know, I, I kind of like the idea the video game, but they didn't tease, I didn't think they teased that out enough. Um, and I thought of loose ends that didn't necessarily tied up or all come together. Um, and, you know, which is fine. I mean, but yeah, I popped a couple times. There were a couple little times where there were, Little, you know, homages to the first three episodes and, or the first three movies, you know, that kind of made me pop a little bit. Just I can't, I'm trying to think of one off the top of my head and I can't at the moment. But oh, yeah, when you meet uh, Sadie, you know, Satie is an older woman. Um, Cho, um, the, the character she plays, that's the little girl from the beginning of three when he's in the train station. And so it was like, oh, hey, look, that's her. And so that, you know, those little, homages to the to the previous I thought were a good little whatever. But yeah, I mean it's yeah, it's average. It's two out of four. Well, there's nothing wrong with that. Better two out of four than zero out of four. No. Well what are so we what's next? next? Uh I'm assuming you didn't see Spider Man. Said so I'm assuming you did not see Spider Man. 
I have not seen Spider-Man, no. Jesus fucking Christ, man. Sorry. Sorry, sir. The movie theater. I've been to the movie theater. The one time that we went to the movie theater, we saw, I think we saw Adam's family. <laughs> mm. Two. So. All right, well, what's nope. next for you? Uh, let's see. Well, I. Actually, I have I'll something be... next. You know, I don't call myself. But there were a couple albums that dropped at the end of this year that are worth mentioning, in my opinion. One of them was the new Lana Del Rey album, uh, Blue Banisters. Not too much I can say about it. If you like Lana Del Rey, you're going to like this new album. It's got music on it. Uh, it's an artist taking the pandemic experience and making art out of it, which is what I wanted to see from more fucking people, not just musicians, but, you know, I wanted to see that from Larry David and Kirby Enthusiasm. You know, I got to see that with um, uh, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. So that was nice to see her mention this fucked up timeline we're living in. And then uh, the second album that came out, and it came out even closer to the end of the year, uh, would be a new Snoop Dogg album uh, called The Algorithm. And this album, at first, when I was thinking about how I was going to describe this new Snoop Dogg album, I was going to say that it's kind of, you know, Snoop Dogg being Snoop Dogg, but then I really listened to it again, and it's a compilation of every style that this rapper has tried over his long, long-ass history of rapping, which is impressive, you know? You've got Snoop Lion, you've got Snoop Doggy Dog, you've got, you know... Blue Carpet Treatments, Snoop Dogg, which is Hollywood Snoop Dogg. It's it's a pretty damn good album, honestly. Uh, shit, I guess I'm supposed to fucking rate him, right? So yeah. I would give I give Lana Del Rey uh, Blue Bannisters. Honestly, this seems like a little bit. I can't give it four puffs, so I can give it as close to four as possible. And Snoop Dogg, the algorithm. I'm gonna give it three puffs. I don't know. I'm not. I, I probably know Lana Del Rey's music, but I can't think of something off the top of my head that I could put her next to to know for sure that I'm like her or don't like her. So that doesn't really. But I have heard the new Snoop album. I did listen to it, and I like it. You know, Snoop's one of those kind of classic. Um, you know, you can almost guarantee. There's going to be, you know, at least three or four, if not more, if you're lucky, really good songs on the Snoop album. Um, and, you know, I, you know, I, I always struggle all the time and I still wonder all the time, like these, you know, we, when I say we, they're a little bit older than me, but, you know, Dre and Ice Cube and Snoop Dogg and then you now and I'm 45. So, you know, that generation that the first generation of hip hoppers um or you know hip hop music from the early 80s late 70s early 80s it's it's one of those things that's really okay when you're young and then i thought what happens when you get old do you still have old snoop dogg and you do you know i thought to myself do you still have old doctor old, you know, whatever the case may be, whoever your favorite guy was from those years. And yeah, I mean, you do, you know, I guess if that's who you are, that's who you are. You know, you don't necessarily, just because you grow up doesn't mean you stop rapping and, and put on, you know, a button down shirt and, and some dockers, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's amazing to me to see 50 year old crip walking. Now I don't necessarily, you know, the other side of the tracks when it comes to that kind of stuff but um at the same time just i feel like they continue to kind of set the path and blaze the trail for for what what hip-hop will be you know i mean it's it's still okay to be that even at 50 that's who you are you know what i'm saying and i always wondered is it okay to, to be wearing you know my dickies and lakers hat at 45 or for that do I need to put away those child but that's who I am that's my style you know what I'm saying and, and I just because I'm older doesn't mean that that's not who I am so I appreciate these guys 
still out there representing, you know, what I would call OGs. I mean, for sure, no doubt. And and this album had all that kind of traditional Snoop flavor to it. You know, I I I, I like Snoop. He's not what I would call. He's not Biggie. He's not Tupac. Um, you know, I guess you could you could debate. You know, his his rhymes sometimes are are a little cookie cutter. They're not a lot of depth there. There's not a whole lot of wordplay, but he always gets me moving. Um, he's always got a dope beat. Um, you know, I, I, I'm torn on my rap in general. Um, I love deep stuff like Eminem or Ghostface Killer or, you know, when you listen to Big East track, some of the deeper stuff. I like that stuff that's got a lot of wordplay and, and you have to listen to a hundred times. And at the same time, I really appreciate some of the, the more, I don't want to call it simple, but some more of the, um, you know, less complex lyrics that I can grasp easier and understand. I only have to listen to them two times as opposed to a thousand times before I can kind of learn them or whatever, you know? And, and so, and so I've always appreciated that about Snoop. He's always been able to put out good music that, that's not overly complex as far as rap goes and lyrics go. And I, I've always admired that. So, yeah, I think this is a good album. I mean, I, you know, I think it's, again, you know, I say this a lot and it's probably a cop out, but I, I think it's on par with, you know, with most of I mean, it's, it's better than Blue Carpet Treatment with favorite albums, and I don't think it's as good as, you know, his Snoop Doggy Dog, Doggy Style, um, you know, coming out album, um, which I still think for my money is my favorite Snoop Dogg album. Um, but it's good, though. I liked it. Yeah, no, I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was a good album. So... Yeah, no, um, I was going to talk about two things that I know you don't really care about. I don't even know if you've watched them. Probably not. I know the one you definitely haven't. Um, but I was going to touch on the two recent rock movies just because I saw them and I thought... Yeah, I saw that piece of shit on Netflix. I saw it. You saw yes, Red That Pink? was the movie. That, I, you know, it's impressive uh, that The Rock has such a love for made-for-TV movies because that's exactly what the fuck his movie was. <laughs> Red Notice or whatever the fuck it was called with Ryan Reynolds, that movie fucking sucked terribly. I'm I, it's weird to me that everybody loves it and can't see it for what it is, which is a giant steaming pile of shit. So I didn't think it was quite that bad, but I did think that for me, this was the first time I I was I was seriously disappointed in The Rock, and I thought that he I, I thought that he the weakest of the of the crew there if we're talking about The Rock and Ryan Reynolds and Gal Gadot. Um, <clears throat> I thought the story itself is, you know, not a very good story. It's one of those kind of classic Hollywood tropes, you know, gotta find the the, the archaeologist or the treasure hunters gotta find the, the treasure, you know, that kind of, and it's been done a, a bazillion you know, with a million different lead actors and scenarios and, and different pieces of treasure, whatever it is. Um, and this is not as good as a lot of those. You know, it's definitely not Indiana Jones. It's none of that. Um, I thought The Rock came up really short in this, which is disappointing because I, I really enjoy The Rock for the most part. Um, and Reynolds was okay. I mean, I, you know, he was, you're right. I mean, I, I'm, I'm concerned that Ryan Reynolds be so good in Deadpool that, and that I think that he was so good in Deadpool because I feel like in many respects, that's his kind of personality um, to be a real kind of smart ass, snarky type of dude. I don't know. Never met him in real life. But I just, I feel like, he does it so well, probably because it's somewhat comfortable to him. And so now they want him to do that in other roles and people think, oh, he's just being Deadpool. And I'm not necessarily sure that's 
through. I think he's getting a little pigeonholed by people saying, oh, it's just, you know, him being Deadpool again. I didn't get that impression. I think it's Ryan Reynolds being Ryan Reynolds. I think that's the kind of actor he is. I think that's the kind of roles that people want him to play. I think he's a Sean William Scott, you know, or Stifler from American Pie. I mean, I, I like Stifler, don't get me wrong, but I think Ryan Reynolds shoulders above you know, Sean William Scott as far as an actor and as far as comedic, you know, delivery and, and joke-wise. I think, I think Ryan Reynolds is hysterical. And I thought Gal Gadot was okay for a really bad movie. I thought the two of them were okay for what was a really bad movie. Um, disappointed in this. I, I mean, I, you know, this gets a half a puff for me at most. It's not getting uh, any anything. No puffs from you. It's not so, getting on- shit for me. I, I watched this movie because everybody, oh my God, the new McGurr, the rock is going to Oh, he's so amazing. Fucking come on, man. You know, and I am laying to the motherfucker even harder because this all came from his production company. This is all him. Right. And, and, and I'm sorry, but this is, to me, this is a clear painting of how much of an actor he is not. How much in the business he is not. You may be a wrestler, but you're not Hollywood, buddy, and this movie proves it. Your production company, I'm assuming... You had somebody write this script for you. To me, this was a made-for-movie or made-for-TV movie. Yeah, and no one hit their mark. You know, they've they've been pigeonholing Ryan Reynolds into that. Uh, you know, he's funny since motherfucking Green Lantern when they hugely miscast him as Hal Jordan. They've been doing that shit, and it's you know at this point, I'm tired of seeing Ryan Reynolds. You know. Stupid ass mint mobile commercials on YouTube and shit. I'm tired of him. Deadpool is, is funny, all right. You know, I, I always remember Ryan Reynolds as Van Wilder. Yeah. Back yep. when people weren't really aware of, you know, his comedic genius or or whatnot. But nobody hit their motherfucking marks. And, you know, I don't think there's anybody in the world who thinks Gal Gadot is a good actress. I think she does a, a fantastic job as Wonder Woman. I'm not saying she's a bad actress. I just know that most of the world hates her for some weird reason, you know, but then confused-ass men are always hating women for doing something. See, I think she's a good actress. I don't have any problem with her acting. I think she's good. I mean, I... But in this movie, you know, even as, as fetching, beautiful, uh, I forgot you're not supposed to say fetching anymore because people can't, you know, handle fucking words to work can mean more than one thing so let's just go beautiful uh that wasn't i I just you know i didn't believe any of the plot that was going on you know when 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 they got to that weird island at the end uh i guess a bunch of dumber people because i mean this plot you really had to be an idiot to have been shocked by the rocks you know as we know in the business his heel turn you know did really do a, a convincing job of the, you know when they I'm like yeah that I mean go figure why wouldn't it was either going to be one or two things when his female uh I think they were like Interpol or whatever the 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 Indian woman that was pursuing right. them yeah she's, when she's like guy. either you're a good guy or you're a bad guy I'm like there there's there's you know there's no there's no middle ground either he is a good guy or he's a bad guy when he's revealed to be a bad guy I'm like oh wow you know, if this piece of shit had come out in theaters, I would be very irritated at my for going to see this. Nobody yeah, well, in that movie it, did a good job. It, it sucked. If it was only in theaters, I wouldn't have gone and seen it. I would have waited until it was on DVD at the Redbox or something. I mean, if this was 2017, before, 20, before all the streaming stuff and before movies started coming out on streaming eventually, and you had to actually go rent them still, I would. This is one I wouldn't have gone to the theater. I would have waited until it came out on the red box to see. Um, so now, in contrast to that, I want to talk about the other rock movie, Jump. On its face, should have been a horrible movie, but I really enjoyed it. In contrast, especially to Red Notice, I thought this was actually a fun little movie. Like, I get that it's on the Jungle Cruise ride at Disneyland, and that it's a pretty story um, as far as whatever. Uh, obviously, I saw 
um, I don't know if you actually watched it or not, but um, if you didn't watch it, um, The Rock is basically, you know, again, this is a another one of those kind of treasure hunting movies where there's a woman who's seeking a treasure um, and The Rock's going to help her. He's kind of this slimy, swervy um, boat captain in Central America uh, on the, you know, and uh, you come to discover that he is um, ultimately one of the bad guys, but now he's become a good guy. Um, and he's under a curse where he can't leave the water because of the treasure. Um, and so he's actually like, he's part of the um, conquistadors that were looking for the treasure and basically demolished the land and so on. Um, the people that she is, you know, uh, totally against as a historian, you know, she wants to find the treasure, I think, to give to the people. I'm not sure. That was a little unclear, I thought. Um, but just, you know, again, this was one of those where if you take out, you know, you just watch it for entertainment. I thought it was entertaining. I thought this, The Rock was better here where he's, um, kind of joking and, and, and more, I don't know, not trying to be what he was in Red Notice or, you know, trying to be super serious. He's more joking in this. Got some really bad puns um, in this, which I thought were hysterical. And there's some, you know, some some cool fighting scenes. Uh, I enjoyed this. I, you know, I could definitely see that based on the Disneyland ride. Obviously, you know that just by the name of it. It's a Disney movie called Jungle Cruise, but you can tell by watching it that that's exactly what it is. But I didn't feel at all. Um, I don't know. I, I like I said, I don't know if you, if you actually watched it or not, but this got about two and a half puffs for me. I enjoyed this. I actually enjoyed this quite a bit. I did not watch it. Everybody was talking about it, and I kept telling people I don't give a shit. You know? <laughs> Wasn't in it. I see it for what it is. Disney trying to do another Pirates of the Caribbean. They fucked up that franchise, and, you know, there's issues. You know, did he slap his wife around? Did he not? Who fucking knows? But he's probably canceled anyways because people don't, you know, believe in innocent until proven guilty anymore. So Johnny Depp is canceled. Pirates of the Caribbean to make a female Jack Sparrow, but nobody wants to play that shit. So fucking Rock, dumb, dumb, and and fucking what's her name? Who's married to John Chris Krasinski? And no, I'm not a fucking idiot, man. This what it is. They're taking a ride from Disneyland to try and make it a profitable movie so they can have another fucking franchise. They want to do the same thing with the Haunted Mansion uh, attraction thing. And like, just sometimes you know too much, you can't enjoy shit. And I know too much about the... don't. I don't enjoy The Rock. What, what, what it is about him, but I don't feel like he's completely honest with his pro- public personality. I feel like he's a shady person. Other side to him, which we all do. But at the same time, I'm not about to go enjoy any of his bullshit movies. That's just what it is. I don't understand how he's the highest paid actor in the world. Half your fucking movies suck. And, you know, and, and just to be clear, since everybody seems to think that the Fast and Furious movies would have never been shit without The Rock because he was in a couple of them, the Fast and Furious movies are what they are because of Justin Lin, the director, who doesn't want to come back and get paid because Vin Diesel hurts bitch-ass feelings. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I, I don't know how to drive this home anymore, clearly. I am not a fan of The Rock. Am I going to go see Black Adam? Fuck yeah, I'm going to go see Black Adam because it's a superhero property. Wouldn't matter what? if The Rock was starring in it or some. It's a superhero property, so while I'm not obligated to go see it, I do <coughs> yearn to see it. But I'm not a fan. I don't, I don't believe in his acting abilities, you know. I, I've already told you, my favorite rock movie is Faster. I For his limited skill set as an actor, I thought he fit the role perfect. Those are the type of roles he should be doing. Oscars and shit like that. And, and do this complex shit that's above, you know. We all have a skill set level. And some of the shit that he's trying to pull off, it's above, it's above his skill set level. 
he should stick to what he knows. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I tend to agree with that. I mean, I, you know, I tend to agree with that. Did you want to talk about the first sunny in Philadelphia? Yeah, why not? We can chit chat about that skit scat. I did only watch the first two, so I haven't, I haven't I've gone back the whole entire season, Alan. I saw, I'm, I saw it all. I'm sure that you did. I, I couldn't, you know, the first episode, um, I thought was absolutely brilliant. I thought with the PPL auditor there and the fact we're responsible indirectly for the greatest catastrophes of 2021 was absolutely brilliant. And I thought episode two, Lethal Weapon 9, terrible an episode of any show that I've ever seen. I, I it was it was just terrible. I so um, I you know like I said I really enjoyed the first episode. I think when they get it right for me, they're very funny. Um, and I thought the fact that they had the the voting boxes out and that they fucked up the vote and uh, other stuff that they were responsible for, but they were responsible they were for a couple. Addressing that retarded QAnon shaman. I shouldn't have said that word, but that's right. Exactly. The retarded QAnon Chavez, which was fucking hysterical. Um, and they were responsible for, there was one other major oh, responsible thing. Responsible for Rudy Giuliani's leaking hairline. <laughs> Frank's hair dye, which was absolutely hysterical as well. And I thought that the guy that played the, the loan auditor was hysterical. I thought he did a really good job of, of uh, you know, trying to remain somewhat, I mean, I, I, I couldn't have done that without laughing. Like, I just, that some of that stuff was just so funny. Um, so, I, like I said, I really enjoyed that first episode. I thought that one was right on the nail. And, and then I thought the Lethal Weapon 7 was just as horrible an episode as I've seen on any show ever. I, just, I, I, I didn't get it. Get well, it that's because like, you, you haven't seen any the other Lethal Weapons that they've produced. Uh, no, I don't think that I have. I mean, I watched the first... I don't know. I've watched the first like six seasons, but I don't remember any other Lethal Weapon production. So maybe they come later. I don't know. Maybe I just uh, don't they're, remember they're, they're in and out of the uh, the series. But basically the whole premise of this was that uh, I think the second was what Lethal Weapon 6 that, that the group did. Mac, for some reason, thought it was a great fucking idea to play Murtaugh in blackface. And so that that's the reason they were doing this one to rectify their fucking unintentionally racist behavior. Right. No, I mean, I got that from the story. So I just, I, you know, lethal weapons, an okay film. I just to have a whole half hour sitcom based around some real fucking idiots. <laughs> remaking a fucking an, a, a barely okay movie to begin with, you know, from a different take, like trying to, it was just the whole thing was like, what the fuck am I watching? So again, as much as I really enjoyed episode one, I thought episode two, I just, I couldn't, I couldn't deal with it. I just couldn't get my head around it. Uh, I feel the opposite about you, Alan. I, I kind of rolled my eyes through the first episode. And like this is them trying too hard, trying way too hard. Um, I don't remember if that was episode one or episode two where Dennis, the you know, uh, admittedly as much as I love the character, he is the creep of the group, and he was talking about going on dates with this younger generation of <laughs> woke warriors, and I, yeah. I love I love the commentary that that segment provided because it's true. <laughs> What he was saying about half these people that are woke that, yo, you don't even have to really, you know, be talking the truth. You just regurgitate what they're saying, and then all of a sudden things are fine. And he's like, and then I was able to bang the women. It's like, God damn it, you're a creep. When he talked about being woke, like, there's no character in the show who would be less woke than Dennis Reynolds <laughs> of all of them. But no, I, I rolled my eyes at the explanation, like, you know, hey, oh, we're responsible for those idiots at the Capitol, and it's just <laughs> Worst, but like I didn't find any of that funny. I, I kind of found it like, oh god, this is 
a bit lazy. Like it's good to have them back, but this is lazy as shit. I don't know. But I kind of like. I did that, enjoy, though. you know, it, it, the the whole the the whole entirety of episode two. You really have to. It's 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 kind of fucked up. It's an inside joke. Like you really do have to, you know, Pepper Jack, the 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 first black guy they had replace him. He is mm-hmm. from an episode in like season two, where he plays a pimp. It, 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 great, you know. And then you got the other guy, who is you know at one point in the series pretended to be Donovan McNabb, and then D ran into him again, and he pretended. He's like, fine, you caught me, you know, because he had told a prostitute he was Tiger Woods. And it's not Tiger Woods. Like, he, he definitely pretended to be Donovan McNabb one time. And the dude's like, okay, fine, you got me. I'm an actor. I'm Don Cheadle. And so <laughs> it's the second episode for me was great because it's uh, was that fucking 15 years of history of It's So Sunny in Philadelphia in that one episode. So I thought that was great. You know, Lethal Weapon movies, don't really care for them. That's before my time, you know. But I, I, I love the the context, you know. It's unfortunate because I'm on a, a couple of Philadelphia groups on Facebook and everybody's mad. Oh, they're woke and this is bullshit. This show sucks. And, well, then you know where the fucking door is? Fucking leave. You're going to complain. Why? Hey, 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 why don't you go watch The Simpsons? That's like on season 30. You know, that's not repetitive at all. Go watch those yellow fucks. Now, now. <laughs> I'm just I love saying, Simpsons. Simpsons suck ass, man. I'm just, I'm just saying. No, that's the best show on TV still. Uh, you know, at least I'm not being completely stupid and be like, oh, fuck the Simpsons family guy. Like, they both suck. <laughs> um, and the last thing I want to touch on, and I might have touched on this before, I can't remember um, if I touched on it the last podcast or not but I'm going to touch on it again because I thoroughly enjoyed it I thought it was hysterical um, is a black hashtag black AF on Kenya Burris the guy that created blackish and ultimately grownish and mixedish um, and he's done some other stuff he's been on a bunch of you know he's been a, he's a writer for a, a lot of other stuff too but those are like the most whatever but it's basically his daughter decides to do kind of a it's it's she's doing it as a documentary for film school she wants to get into nyu film school so she's gonna film her parents and her family and and they do these little interviews and stuff during the film but it's really like a mockumentary it's not it's definitely not a show um but it's in that kind of vein it's definitely a mockumentary and i thought it was fucking hysterical i watched it all I was a little late to the boat. It had been on Netflix for a while, I think, um, before I finally got to it. But when I got to it, I watched it all within, you know, three or four days. I, I think it was hysterical. And uh, for me, I recommend it to anybody that's just looking for Um, So I, I, I think we might have talked about this before. I think you might have commented. Um, that's my last little bit of anything I got to say. No, I've never. Uh, I feel like I've heard of it. But at the same time, I don't know. Is it like some chick is in college or some shit? Yeah, so basically what it is is it's um, so it's him, and I don't know about the kids, but it's definitely not his real wife because Rashida Jones plays his wife, um, and she's fucking hysterical. But they have like five kids, and one kid is about, she's trying to get into NYU film school, so she's putting together like uh, basically a film um, a documentary of her family because her dad is famous for creating grownish or blackish. Oh no, uh, I read about this show. It was like they, the person who reviewed it, said that it was kind of like a a different version of of Curb Your Enthusiasm, but with less punch to it. Um. Yeah. I mean, I could I could see a correlation where like the story is kind of similar because it's. Larry David's real life. He's the creator of Seinfeld. This is Kenya Barris, the creator of uh, Blackish, and you know a, a Hollywood writer playing himself, basically. But yeah, yeah. So in that regard, it's and it's you know um, not as it's well. He's definitely not Larry David, but so in my opinion, the difference really the difference between your enthusiasm and and really is is the the type of humor i mean 
even though you have JB Smooth or JB Smooth, um, you know, as Leon and Curb Your Enthusiasm, that's a really white show. And it's a very Jewish oriented white show. Black AF is a black show that's very black oriented. And so the, the humor is much different. I mean, it's, it's, it, there's parallels in, in the style and the, the way that they're, I guess, laid out to a certain extent, but, um, or the idea as a concept of the show, but the humor is much different. I think you'd relate to a certain extent. And I don't just mean that because you're a black dude. I just think it's relatable because to anybody that's like urban in any way, like you'll get it when you watch it. Like, or if you ever watch it, you'll, you'll get what I mean. Um, I enjoyed that one and I recommend it to our three listeners. Uh, our three loyal listeners, uh, check it out if you're looking for something to to just binge watch. It's funny. Well, you know, there you have it. I suppose, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, this is a wrap for episode ninety nine. Yes, that's episode ninety nine. We drug it out for so long. The original episode was just going to be all Matrix Resurrections, but. Happy New Year, bitch. For Happy New Year. That's right. Happy, Happy New, New Year, Year. you old pudding eating some bitch. <laughs> Merry belated Christmas, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa. You Let's celebrate just be, you know, peace. Happy holidays. That's right. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. Holidays. Wonderfully well, well so Alan, listeners. I actually. I did see Spider-Man 3. Oh. And I enjoyed it. I saw it twice, you know. Uh, there is, you, you cannot compare a movie theater to the home experience. And I've had this, you know, well, it wasn't really a conversation because this dude, you know, sometimes the frustrating thing about talking to older people is that some of y'all think just because you're older, you know what the fuck you're talking about. Like your age <laughs> determines that you're going to be right over me argue with stupid old people because it's pointless but you know i don't give a fuck if you have subwoofers and speakers installed all around your living room and a 50-foot tv you are not gonna be able to compete with the power of an imax theater it's just never gonna happen you can trick yourself into thinking that stupid silly bullshit but it's not true and you know we see spider-man uh Far from, or was it No Way Home in theaters? I enjoyed it, you know. I saw it the first time because I was going on a date with this dumb 24 year old who admitted that she had never seen a Spider Man movie. So I'm like, well, fuck. God damn it. Like, this movie now because I'm gonna have someone talking to me about, you know, who is this, who is that. So I went and saw it the first time on my own. I enjoyed it. You know, it was a good movie. One of the one of the better Spider-Man offerings they've they've had. You know, it's sad that it took Sony fucking up the property so tremendously and kind of pseudo giving Spider-Man to for it to be not only one of the best uh, Spider-Man movies, but also uh, ironically Sony Pictures' highest-grossing movie of all time. And it only took a small, teeny tiny, barely known company uh, called Marvel Studios, fronted by Disney, to uh, help Sony. Achieve, and then I went and saw it the second time, and I don't know. May, maybe I'm just a little too, a little too crazy about my reverence for movies, Alan. But I, I don't feel. I feel like it's disrespectful. You don't fall asleep in a movie theater, especially a good movie. You just don't do that. Uh, it's not done, and uh, that's what she did. She missed the entire act, the entire second <laughs> act of. Uh, of No Way Home and woke up just in time for the ending. And I enjoyed it. I I think, you know, I, I guess I was going to say wait till it comes on Disney Plus, but it's not a Disney movie. So you're going to just Sony doesn't have their own streaming network yet. Uh, but I definitely say, you know, if you enjoy the, the, the Spider-Man movies, if you liked what Marvel has to had to offer, I would say go see this movie. I'm not going to spoil it for anybody. Not even you, Alan. Um, and again, I can't give it four stars, but I can give it three and a half 
or three and whatever close to four stars would be. Yeah, three and three quarters, I guess, or whatever. Yeah, there you go, three and three quarters. And yeah, uh, I mean, so we can debate so we're blue in the face about you know home versus theater. And, and you're right when it comes to you cannot recreate the audio experience in your home. I don't care who you are. At the same time, if not the most important thing to you, theaters don't really matter all that much. Like, I'm not the biggest fan of having my chair rumble because there's 90 speakers pointed at me in the theater. I prefer it a little quieter at home. And you can call, you can say whatever you want. But I like the fact that I can pause my TV and go to the bathroom or get my popcorn or go outside and smoke or whatever. I look at the person next to me and say, what just happened? Whereas in a theater, you can't do that. If I fall asleep at home, I could just rewind the fucking movie. If I fall asleep in the theater, I get people like you that are like, bastard is disrespectful because he's sleeping in the fucking theater. Hey, fuck You're you. You're my friend, Alan. To... You're my friend. I would ten. never say that but this woman disrespected the 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 the, the barriers of the date it's, you know <laughs> now that i've said that that sounds completely ridiculous and uh, i'm high as hell it's dark as hell you know i'm stoned it's dark it's warm what do you expect of course i'm gonna fall asleep even through the best movies so you know i me personally i've become i guess that old guy get off my lawn too much it is that i just prefer my creature comforts at home over what i see as you know the little bit that the theater has to offer now theaters are much better than they were i mean especially up here in vancouver we've got some nice theaters where they've got wonderful seating and it's you know um where you can actually like sit in a reclining chair and there's space between them and you know, but beyond that, I don't know. I just, I, you know, and especially with the Optimus Prime variant, I just, there's no reason for me to go to a theater. I mean, I just, my TV is plenty adequate to give me what I feel is the breadth of the story of the movie. I, you know, if I miss a little laser because four channel as opposed to 28 channel and there's a laser coming from someone's gun on the 20th audio track and I miss it because I'm at home as opposed to the theater I'm willing to sacrifice that for sitting on my own couch or whatever it is that I'm gaining from being at home so you know I don't know Um, but that being said I will make it to the theater to see Spider-Man I like Spider-Man movies, I think that they're much better than the Tobey Maguire offerings. Um, you know, uh, they're clearly, uh, they're the world's better than the Andrew Garfield Amazing Spider-Man um, offerings. So, um, I like Tom Holland, um, and I'll, you know, I'll, I'll go check it out in the theater before it goes away, because I do think as much as um, I'm a home watcher and I don't think theaters make that big a difference. There are some films that it does make a difference. And I do believe that action films, superhero films, which I consider action films, um, are ones that are particularly um, made for the big screen and the loud speakers. So um, that's one that I definitely will make it to the theater to see before it goes away. Well, there you go, ladies and gentlemen. And that about you, Alan. Wasn't uh, talking about you being old. I was talking about other people. You're at least reasonable. There's several people out there that just think because I'm a decade or two younger than that I have no idea what the fuck I'm talking about, which is, <laughs> I guess, the arrogance of being old. Because that ain't the arrogance of youth. It's definitely, it's one of those things, I, you know, I definitely believe that as you get older, I think there's a, most people believe like, well, yeah, I've experienced more life than you, so I have more 
you know, to uh, answer to you or more answers. Not always, not always uh, more years on the planet equals more experience. So, well, you know, everybody's entitled to their own ignorance, I suppose. That's right. That's why they're picking. So, just like an asshole. <laughs> so, that's what I got. You've got nothing that's else. That's all I've got. We'll have to break out the big dogs for episode 100. What are we going to do? Do we do something special for our three loyal listeners? Yeah, we're going to cancel the podcast. <laughs> we're just going to we're going to pull the Sopranos and end it on 99. I'll just black screen. Just yep. Go silent and never come back. Never come back. You know, like my parents. Just disappear. <laughs> Like that dad, but never came back. No, uh, 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 update the storyline. They went out for a couple of joints. They never came back. <laughs> never came back. Don't wow. know where they, like, what weed store they had to go to, but, you know, it is what it Absolutely. is, I suppose. <laughs> we're like that dad that's giving you just enough that you remember, but now we're going to disappear on you, so you just take the for the rest of your lives. There you go. Bingo. <laughs> All, All right, right, ladies and gentlemen. Well, thank you. Uh, sorry for the delay. Um, thank you to all two or three of you, however many fucking people are, aren't listening. Uh, you know, another <laughs> thing that's frustrating about doing this, Alan, um, I sometimes put out my information that I have a podcast on, uh, on my dating profiles, which I stopped doing. Because apparently all that people listen to for podcasting-wise are stupid-ass true crime stories. Yeah. And it's irritating. It's irritating. Like, don't, don't, don't fucking ask me what my podcast is about just to tell me that you only give a f- <laughs> Like, congratulations, <laughs> you got unmatched. And now I'm not going to put that information up there. It's just so irritating. Yeah. No, I mean, those are... I don't know how much you mentioned this podcast to people, but it's like, I, I, I you know put effort into this you know we probably could put a little bit more effort into it and raise the production but that doesn't that of it for me but i do put effort into this podcast and it's been like three fucking years and to me it just feels like disrespectful don't even ask me if you already know in your head you only give a fuck about people hearing about people getting away with murder or whatever don't fucking ask that to me that's disrespectful that's like me asking about your really give a fuck about people who work in fast food industry. Okay, fucker, then why are you asking? If you already know that, why are you asking? Right. Yeah, no, I mean, I definitely can understand that frustration. You know, I don't, I know I don't always seem prepared, but I definitely, you know, put effort into this and it's, it's, you know, it's a, it's a, um, it's one of those hobbies of the heart, you know, type of things. It's one of those uh, things that yields no real just the joy of doing it. Um, you know, the reward. The joy that it brings. Getting to talk to you about stuff that I enjoy talking about. And uh, you know, that anyone would listen is just gravy on top of it. Um but yeah, no, I mean I get it. I mean clearly, you know, that's the that is the preferred preferred genre of podcast at the moment. Um I haven't really gotten that question, but I don't you know, it's not I'm not on a dating site where I'm listening. Either. If I was, I probably would be getting some of those same questions. So, um, but yeah, I mean, when I do tell people I do a podcast, and do ask me what it's about, I, you know, they'll say, "What is it about?" And I just say, you know, I tell them what it's about, obviously, and, and they just say, "Oh, that's cool," or whatever, whatever, whatever. But yeah, I mean, I have gotten that. Oh yeah, that's cool. You know, I normally listen to another forty-eight hours or blah blah. blah. Yeah, just like everybody else, I assume you do. You know, I mean, I, it, that's, it's the most popular podcast in the world. I've been done another forty hours, but whatever it is, you know. Any true kind podcast, so I get what you're saying. It can be a little uh, disheartening. I always said we've got our three lucky loyal listeners, and uh, you know, as long as, as far as I'm concerned, as long as they're listening, I'll continue to do it. I mean, even if uh, even if no one was listening, I'd still do it just because this is this is personal to me. You, you know, anybody who wants to know why I started this podcast can go back. A handful of episodes, and I have a short story time about why I started it. You know, 
I don't really care about fame. I don't care if anybody listens to it. This is for me. I just, you know, it's it's to disheartening and frustrating to hear people like basically you're complaining because I'm not like everything else. I don't want right. to be like everybody else. If I'm like everybody else, then I'm not me. And that's what my podcast is going to be, too. Not like everybody else, but like us. We're doing this because we enjoy, you know, I always try to pitch it to people. It's a conversation between two friends. No doubt. No and doubt. with that and being said, because we're, I'm looking at the timer, we're at 51, <laughs> 52. And As always, and keep it classy. Stuff it down with a whole lot of brown.